It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. Coach Walters and uh, what his staff has been up to. Tom's going to have, I hope, some answers for us here. I'm excited. So we're talking with Tom here. It's been a minute since we had him on the program. He'll be back on here. Uh, also, uh, Scott from Purdue Sports on a uh, kind of a quiet week for Purdue, but still action on campus. They want to tell you guys about that, and uh, we'll have them on here in just a little bit. Always love to hear your questions, your thoughts on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, 765-447-4080. That number again is 765-447-4080. Let's get started like we always do. Need to know news. Here's your need to know news. All right, let's start with uh, that transfer portal here, or at least um, grad transfers here. Uh, Purdue has added another piece to its offensive line with a commitment from uh, uh, J.C. Kid Isaiah Walker. Uh, he is from Butler County Community College out in Kansas, was on campus for an official on Sunday, and uh, has made the announcement via his social media. Welcome to the squad here, Isaiah Walker. You'll love to see it. Big Ten hoops last night. Northwestern hangs on for a 66-63 win over Wisconsin Wildcats. Coming off that COVID issue, I have no idea how they ended up putting up 129 points. No clue. These guys are on pace for at the half for like 115. Ugh. Boo booey, 20 points. Tonight, two games on the docket in the Big Ten. Rutgers will host Penn State. State's a six and a half point road dog while the Illini knee Orange Crush will welcome in Ohio State. Zed Key is questionable for this one here. The Buckeyes are a four-point road dog. I mean, that is bad news if they don't have Zed Key tonight against Illinois. I don't know that anybody's got the scoop on this. They're saying that his knee has responded well to treatment, but they don't know if he's going to be in tonight. I don't know. We'll talk about it in our best bets for this evening. Um, let's move on to the Bulls with their third win in a row last night. 111-100 over Hotlanta. DeRozan, 26 points for DeMar Vooch, 17 rebounds. You'll love that. He's still sitting top five in the league and boards right now. Uh, that is three wins in a row for Chicago. That ties a season-high streak. This is now the third time they've won three games in a row. And so far, in the fourth game, the streak has been snapped. Will it happen tonight? When they go in to Indianapolis to take on the Pacers, the Bulls are, or sorry, the Pacers are two-point home dogs tonight to the Bulls. I'm in a, uh, I'm in a buy-low position here on the Blackhawks in Vancouver tonight to take on the Canucks. The Hawks have covered their puck line in four of their last 
five. Remember we used to fade the heck out of those guys? And not tonight. I'm telling you what, I got a, I got a little bit of a feeling here because Vancouver at home here is a pretty big favorite, minus 225. But I got a feeling. Vancouver's lost four of their last five, including three straight at home. Canucks have lost 10 of their last 12. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit crazy. Probably taking that puck line tonight. We'll see. Girls High School hoops tonight as uh, sectionals approach next Tuesday. We're seven days out. Girls are going to try to get one to two more in per team. Tonight, Harrison will host Benton Central. It's a rematch from the uh, opening round of the uh, Health Hoops Classic. 7.30 in May Gymnasium. Jeff, they'll head down the street. They'll take on Central Catholic. That's a 7.30 tip. Westside going to head across the river to McCutcheon. 6.30 the tip off there. Faith Christian hosting South Newton at 6.30. A win tonight for Faith and then another one on Thursday against Tri-County would then give them 19 wins. That would match the total wins of their last three seasons combined. I believe the kids call that a glow-up. And there you go. Uh, That is today's Need to Know News. Back at it again with my friends from uh, DraftKings. And last night, I... Man, I thought we used some pretty good data. I thought we knew. They do hit the over last night, which was a bummer. I'm really surprised Wisconsin didn't have a little bit more for them. I mean, that was just... Ugh. But it's a new night, and it's a new chance to win. And uh, DraftKings has got some great promos for you here as well. The 33% same-game parlay X-boost. That's where you can put together a same-game parlay and then add in some other games on top of that. They'll give you a 33% boost on that. 100% boost on a stepped-up parlay in the NHL tonight as well. Um, so plenty of, plenty of action for you. A daily boost up to 100% on a same-game parlay in the NBA. No sweat NHL same-game parlay for you tonight as well. So there's lots of good stuff here. You know what I like to do is, is keep this in the Big Ten. Because you're familiar with it, you get it, um, and uh, you can get a read on it. I, I I like Illinois tonight, minus four at home against Ohio State, especially if Zed, if Zed Key's not going, I feel very, very good about this. Responding well to treatment doesn't exactly exude confidence that he will play to me. So he remains questionable today. I'm sure he'll come out there and kind of give it a try. But that's a big loss if you can't go, Zed Key. Because, I mean, they love, they love to run that offense out of the post. And if they don't have him in there to kind of facilitate things, I think this is a problem. It's a terrible matchup for Ohio State to begin with. Because Illinois is is very good at defending those uh, post-ups. And forcing you to take jumpers outside. Ohio State puts up 68.7% of its field goal attempts from just inside the arc as well. This is where uh, Illinois can can do some damage to you defensively. No Zed Key is bad news because Ohio State has been out-rebounded in all but one of its losses this season. I think I'm okay with the four points here. The Illini have played only two games decided by nine or fewer this season. Just two. 
I'm looking for some spots here as well that might be beneficial for you in the player props category. I do like Dane Danger. And there is no Zed Key. That is a guy that you could probably pick up here and uh, get yourself something good on a same-game parlay. Danger over 9.5 points. That's his mark in a same-game parlay here this evening. He's only done that two times in the last five. He's done that to uh, uh, MSU and Minnesota. If you want to get in on his rebounds, where I really think that he can do some damage, over five and a half rebounds the leg in the same game parlay. Uh, he has covered that in, I believe, uh, four of his last five. So I would monitor Zed Key there. You might be able to get in uh, on that. Good stuff when it comes to Dane Danger, because I think he'll be the beneficiary there if Ohio State uh, can't put out Zed Key. I still like the Illini no matter what here. I am very down on Ohio State. I They've just, even with when they haven't had Key, they've looked bad. When they've gotten Key back in there, they still haven't quite figured it out, have they? I know they got that win, that desperation win on Saturday. I just think Illinois is a little bit more on the upswing as of late. I think Ohio State is about done. I mean, it's not just the offensive end either for Ohio State. I mean, they're they're struggling, uh, you know, both sides of the court here. I mean, they just can't put the full thing together. Like I said, Illinois at home, just four points, feels like a little bit of a gift to me. But then again, what did I tell you yesterday? So maybe, I don't know, maybe it's time to fade me. But with no Zed Key and the Illini at home, you're only asking for four points. And again, uh, I told you, only what, how many games? Illinois has played Illinois has played two games decided by nine or fewer. That's it. Yeah, seems uh, seems a little bit too close. I think any issues that the Illini have um, can be kind of masked by the uh, home crowd. You know, or give the Orange Crush a little bit of credit here. They're very good, and I think they're starting to figure things out without Sky Clark. So I'll go ahead, put me down for the Illini. Minus four. I'll watch Zed Key. Maybe I get a little bit of, uh, maybe a little bit uh, crazy with some uh, lotto tickets on some Dane Danger props. Parlay them together. See what happens. Um, look, it's been, it's been so up and down in basketball. I have to go back to the well that was hockey. Remember how we crushed hockey at the beginning of the year? I'm going to give you, are, are you, here's great stats for you. I, I can't believe this. In doing research today. Kyle Connor against Nashville is a shots on goal dream. Plays for the Jets. His over under shots on goals at three and a half today. Here's his last four against Nashville. Five shots, ten shots, eight shots, eleven shots. He set a three and a half today. Something about Nashville. 
We'll see if we can keep it going there today. So uh, there you go. I'm on the Kyle Connor over three and a half shots. I'm on the Illini tonight. Minus four. Those are my plays. All right, don't go anywhere when we come back. It is Tom Deanhart, GoldenBlack.com. This uh, football staff has been busy. We'll talk about some of the names coming through, what they've been out doing, and I'll get Tom's thoughts on just how the staff has filled out. We'll talk to him next. Stick around. There's more Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017. Hey, welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. We're back to the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We're going to bring out our good friend Tom Deanhart from goldandblack.com does a tremendous job of covering Purdue football for them, and it has been a very, very active couple of weeks uh, for uh, Coach Walters and the staff. Tom, great talking with you here. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, before we get to what the staff has been up to, um, let's kind of go back here and just look at the staff that Coach Walters has uh, formed as a whole. I think the last time we talked, we had a head coach and a couple of coordinators, maybe you know one additional coach or so, but now this uh, staff seems filled out, and, uh, I mean, obviously the age thing is what stands out the most to you, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, according to my West Lafayette High School math here, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the average age is 38.2 years old, Woo! and your head coach just turned 37 over the weekend. So, yeah, youth is being served, as the old cliche goes. So, yeah, just a totally different vibe than the last, you know, last staff, I think we're seeing that reflected on social media accounts, right? Where the other staff really wasn't that active on Twitter and whatnot. Well, you're seeing these guys all over the place engaging people. So, uh, yeah, I think that's part of their youth, right? I think it's going to probably, hopefully for their sake, you know, continue to pay off maybe with uh, come, coming up uh, with better and better players down the road here. So we're, we're past the we're past the first portal period, right? There's still another signing day coming up here where we can get some guys in, um, and then it gets to the spring, and then after spring ball, there's a, that another period. So, um, but that doesn't mean they're not out recruiting. Doesn't mean they're not talking to JUCO guys, things like that. In fact, uh, tell me a little bit about this uh, new kid here today that uh, they've gotten the commitment from Isaiah Walker. I mean, they've been working this offensive line pretty hard. It seems like. Well, now first on the portal. Um, yes, the one, the first window's closed. It was a 45-day window from December 5th to January 18th, I believe. And when it closes, what that means is guys can no longer jump into the portal. But once, if you're in the portal right now, you can still go somewhere. You can still land. It's just it's sort of like a spaceship taking off. You had to be on the spaceship by January 18th. So you can still get somewhere right now. If you're in the portal now, you can still transfer and it's also important to know that if you're a graduate transfer, a guy who already has your degree, portal windows mean nothing to you. You can come and go whenever you want. So keep that in mind. So there's still activity there. Peter's actually pursuing a kid from Miami of Ohio right now, an offensive lineman who's a grad transfer. The second portal window jumps open on May 1st, closes on the 15th. So that's the portal stuff. And, yeah, Jared, the junior college kid, Isaiah Walker, Jr., Big 6'5", 309-pound kid from Miami, Florida. Plays at Butler County Community College in Kansas. He committed today. And, uh, yeah, you know, he's a guy who's had a very interesting career, Jared. He was committed to South Carolina in high school. Signed with the Florida Gators. Transferred to Miami. Transferred from Miami to Butler County. Now he's coming to Purdue. So, yeah, he's a guy that 
I'm not sure if he's going to be a starter right away, but I think he has a good chance to be a really valuable reserve off the bench at offensive tackle. Well, that's just one of those uh, units right now that uh, it, it needs bodies, doesn't it? Uh, it's almost beggars can't be choosers. Uh, Portal really, really did a number there on that offensive line, and uh, it, it just from everything that I can tell from the social media, it just seems like that's been a real, real big priority for them the last week or so. Yeah, and again, I think that line has a chance on offense to be pretty solid. Um, uh, I think I think the starters could be very representative. You know, I think again, real quick, left to right, you got, you know, Moose is back, and you got, uh, I think a new, you're gonna have a new left guard. But, you know, Gus Hartwig, uh, Marcus Bow, and Eric Miller. Uh, <clears throat> of course, Gus Hartwig's coming off a knee injury. He's probably not gonna be ready till August. So they need a left guard with Spencer Holstead's gone. But I think between Sione Finau and this transfer from Bowling Green, they can find a starter there. I think they're really looking for some quality depth. And, again, uh, the, the two guys they've got now, Jalen Grant, who's from Bowling Green, who's on campus now, he's a guard center. And Isaiah Walker, the kid who committed today from Kansas from Butler County Community College, he's an offensive tackle. And, again, it gives them some more quality depth, I think, to fortify that offensive line. We are talking with Tom Deanhart here from GoldenBlack.com on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Um, I, I like how they're also, I mean, Coach Walters and the staff making some inroads locally here, right? They did uh, just the other day a little tour of uh, some of the uh, local programs here. And uh, I, I saw you tweeted out there was a, uh, a local uh, running back here that uh, they had a little talk with. What can you tell me about that? Yeah, they, uh, we're going to make the rounds of area high schools. Ryan Walters was in Lafayette. Jeff. I can't recall the running back's name off the top of my head. I know he's a smaller running back. Uh, that'd be Glenn uh, Patterson, correct? Yeah, Glenn, Glenn that's, that's the name, Glenn Patterson. He's the guy that they have some interest in. I guess he's a quick running back, more of a multi-purpose guy. I'm not sure if he'll get an offer. Uh, I'm, I'm told he may be more of a MAC-level running back, Miami of Ohio, Bowling Green, Ball State kind of a player, but who knows? as evaluations continue to progress here. But, yeah, that's a guy I think pretty for sure is keeping an eye on locally. Tom, you've had uh, a chance, I'm sure, to, to talk to Coach Walters, uh, kind of talk to maybe some of the uh, rest of the staff here. What, what's been your impression of him? I, I know, you know, you're getting to that age where you're like all these kids and they're, you know, mid-30s and all that <laughs> stuff and they're shenanigans. But uh, I, I don't know, have, have you warmed up to them? What's been your impression of them? And uh, just kind of give me the general sense you're getting from them. Yeah, good guys, good guys, uh, friendly guys. You know, the most recent hire last week, Lamar Kennard, is a boilermaker. So he sort of rounded out Ryan Walters' staff. He was the 10th full-time hire. He's going to coach running backs. He came from Miami of Ohio. And, again, he was a boilermaker in the mid to late 90s. Came to Purdue in 1996 as a walk-on under Jim Coletto. He was a defensive back. Joe Tiller subsequently put him on scholarship, and Lamar Kennard was a pretty valuable piece to those early Joe Tiller teams. So, yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's a little bit, for, for this staff, he's a little bit older. He's, he's actually in his 40s, Jerry. He's an old man. <laughs> hey, 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 I just turned 40. Stop it. <laughs> but they've got about three guys over 40. The oldest coach is Brick Haley, the defensive line coach, is 56. Uh, but, again, yeah, it's, it's been a very friendly staff, an accommodating staff, and uh, – continues to, to sort of build out here. They just hired a general manager, sort of a chief of staff, uh, who's a guy who's going to help them manage their roster, help with recruiting, help with the portal, 
and even helped with NIL. So, again, uh, sort of a unique position that we're seeing, I think, more and more schools add here. Uh, Tom, I'll, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, article that you also had up on uh, goldenblack.com, which you should be a member so you can read it. But um, talking a little bit about Kevin Kane in, in this defense, and, and I love this quote here, going to cause chaos. Uh, you know I love my defense, man. Um, and, and I'm initially thinking, hey, that sounds great uh, that, uh, that they're going to do this. How in the world are they going to cause chaos exactly? Well, I think it's, it's, a, it's a, going to be a defense that has a multiple front, and they're going to bring pressures from different areas. Um, and it's going to be fun. You know, that was really Ryan, Ryan Walters. That, that's his bailiwick, right? That's how he's earned his stripes as an assistant coach is uh, on the defensive side of the ball as a defensive coordinator. Coordinated one of the best defenses in America last year over in Illinois. And, uh, yeah, again, it's, it's, I guess it's, it's, it's going to be fairly simplistic, too. Um, they like trying to keep things fairly basic just so guys, Jared, so they can play fast. That they don't want a lot of thinking out there. Anytime you're overanalyzing and thinking of what your assignment is, you don't really play fast. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I got the sense, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be totally super basic. It's going to have complexities to it, I'm sure. But basically, they want to try to let guys be football players and play. And it's going to be a base five-man front. And the players on each edge of the line are really going to be outside linebackers. One's going to be called a buck. And one's going to be called a fox. You're going to have two ends and a nose tackle. And then you're going to have two inside linebackers. And then your back half guys. Almost they want four cornerbacks, guys who all can run and cover and have a little bit of size. So, you know, Jared, speaking of the secondary, to me, cornerback in particular, that's the biggest area of need on the football team. They've got to get some transfer portal cornerbacks here in the spring because right now I think the coverage almost buried, to be honest with you. They have Jamari Brown coming back. After that, it's just a lot of unproven players. So that's the one area, I think, cornerback, they need a lot of help. And I think we're going to see just overall, Jared, a decent amount of portal activity in the spring for this football team. I love to see it right now. I love the energy they seem to have. It seems like the fan base has been pretty darn energized by this. It took them, a, I think for some of them, took them a second to get on board, but I feel like that more and more are jumping on here. And I love what I'm seeing here so far. Um, how much is Ryan Walters going to be involved in this defense? There was a little bit of a worry, you know, when you hire a defensive coach, they spend maybe too much time working on the, the defense, maybe not paying enough attention to the offense. Uh, has he kind of given you any indication? Is he going to maybe kind of shade to one side or the other with his time? Is he going to let his coordinators basically handle everything? How, how do you feel like he's going to delegate his time? I think I think it's sort of to be determined on if, on if he's actually going to call the defense. I think that's the plan is for him not to call the defense, but I get the sense of this sort of stay tuned here. I think Kevin Kane, who has that defensive coordinator title, is more than capable of calling the defense. You know, they worked together at Illinois. Kevin Kane was Ryan Walter's right-hand man over in Champaign. During games, he sat up in the press box and was Walter's eyes in the sky, if you will offering input, providing analysis as, as for what he was seeing from above. And, again, Kevin, I know, can call the defense, and he may end up doing that. I'm not sure if they've actually decided if he's going to be the guy who does it. Um, but, again, I think, at least in my world, Jared, ideally, the head coach is the head coach of everybody and isn't really committed to one side of the football. But, you know, I, we'll have to wait and see how, how Ryan Walters wants to handle this for sure on defense. 
It'll be interesting. Part of me says if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, but the other part of me says, uh, I, I, you know, you, you got coordinators for a reason. Let them coordinate and uh, call the plays. We'll see how it all ends up uh, unfolding. Of course, uh, spring football is not that far away. That'll be here in, what, like three months or so now, Tom? I mean, it'll... Well, yeah, I think from what I'm told, um, typically, you know, Jeff Brom is starting the last week of February. But that's not going to happen with this staff. They want about eight solid weeks of weightlifting and conditioning through January, February. And I'm told spring ball is probably going to start the week after Purdue spring breaks, right about mid-March. And look for a spring game to be, I think, the Saturday, April 22nd. And, Jared, it's not going to be in ross Stadium for obvious reasons with all the work going on over there. I think they're still scouting for locations, even down in Indianapolis. Oh. Maybe at the University of Indianapolis, maybe at Carmel. So, again, I think they're trying to figure out where they will actually want to have the spring game. So that's something for everybody to keep on their radar, too. Uh, you can just go right on down to Central Catholic, right? I mean, that's, that's not too far. Yeah. I all right over the West Side facility right there. They can accommodate all those people, right? Lafayette Jeff would be perfect, wouldn't it? Hey, you know what? It's not a bad, it's not a bad idea. No, I mean, Lafayette Jeff. But I think in some ways maybe they wouldn't mind going to Indy for the exposure. You know, if you're going to stay local, Jeff would make a lot of sense. Um, but if you want to try to maximize eyeballs, going to a place like Indianapolis would make a lot of sense. Jared, way back when they were renovating Ross Lake Stadium in 2001, 2002, they took their spring game on the road a couple of years. One year it was in, in Indianapolis, and another year they had it up at Fort Wayne. So uh, that's a while ago, I know. But, again, they decided back then to take it off campus. So it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do. A lot of exciting stuff going on here with Purdue football. Again, Tom's all over it for you over at goldenblack.com. Make sure you pick up subscription. I, I love it. I love reading his stuff. He's uh, tremendous in covering everything, too. And now I get to now got to remember what the buck is and what the fox is. I, where do we get these names from? There's, a, what's a, there's always it's a Leo. Fun. There's a Jack. There's a, yeah. I mean, everybody's got a name for it here. And I always wonder how in the world they come up with these things. I'd, I'd like to hear the story behind why we're calling it buck and why we're calling it fox. Hey, Ray, real quick, too, before you sign off, February 1st, a week from tomorrow, so the second signing day, Jared. That's, they're going to have a press conference that day. So uh, they, they, uh, they, I think there's a chance they can maybe sign up to five guys here. So, again, that's the next big, I guess, football event coming up. It's February 1st, the second signing day, to sort of close out this class of 2023. I know Brian normally does a lot of the recruiting stuff, but, Tom, is there any name on that list uh, that you can think of that would be very important for them that they still kind of have potentially on the hook that they need to reel in? Oh, no doubt. I think the two kids that committed back in the fall, Kendrick Gilbert, the defensive tackle from Cathedral, and George, uh, I think it's pronounced Barron, or burn the tight end um, from another Indiana kid. Uh, those are two guys who have been committed for a while that, that I'm told are still in line to sign their letters of intent. So uh, everybody's sort of watching for those two guys. Of course, we know the, the offensive tackle from, from the junior college is going to sign, and they're working on another offensive tackle, Jared, who visited over the weekend, a kid from Florida. So uh, there may be a surprise or two as well, so who knows. But I do know they're still working a lot of 2023 kids. There's an athlete from Festus, Missouri, who's going to visit this weekend, who I think they're going to probably sign on Wednesday as well. So, like I said, there could be a handful of guys that end up joining this, this recruiting class next next uh, 
Wednesday, February 1st. See, look, this guy has nothing but good news for us. That's why I love having him on. Tom Deanhart, <laughs> goldenblack.com. And this, if this combo didn't pick up your day and, and make you smile a little bit about Purdue sports, man, I don't know what the heck's going to do for you. Hey, Tom, you know, it's always a pleasure to talk with you, man. It's been too long. Glad to have you back on the program here. And uh, we'll look forward to this next signing day. And like I said, spring football before you know it, bud. You got it. Take care, Jared. Be good. Thanks, Tom. We're going to take a little break here. We're going to come back, and uh, we've got uh, Scott coming in here from uh, Purdue Sports, uh, a uh, weekend that still has plenty of athletics on campus, even though it's a little bit slower. But uh, we'll hear about what's going on and uh, great promotions and stuff going on at these games as well. So stick around. That's coming up next. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Let's go back to the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. And uh, Scott is on with us from Purdue Sports uh, with a, another busy week. Also, intern Allie is in the house as well, making her uh, debut today. We love having her on. Guys, great to have you as always. It's a uh, slow kind of week on campus. There's a lot of stuff going on, but um, a majority of that seems to be off campus, uh, including Thursday when. Uh, both basketball teams are on the road. Women's uh, over in Champagna, and then uh, the men's basketball team up in Ann Arbor. But, uh, Ali, tell me a little bit about this. We got uh, men's tennis back on Friday over at Schwartz. What's up with that? Yeah, so that's correct. We have men's tennis on Friday at 1 versus Western Michigan, and then again on Saturday at 11 a.m. versus IUPUI, also at the Schwartz Center. Free entry, so be, uh, be sure to come on out and watch our men's tennis team. Uh, give you something to do there on a Friday. It's also indoors, which is uh, fantastic, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So get out there uh, and enjoy uh, some tennis. Track and fields all over the place. Uh, you've got uh, swim and dive all over the place this weekend. That takes us over to Sunday when uh, your Boilermakers are back in town. It is uh, a game for the men against Michigan State. Scott, this is going to be a tough one here. Are tickets available for Michigan State on Sunday? Game is all sold out what? as is the rest of the season. I know, big bummer. Um, you can catch the game on CBS at twelve fifteen though. Should be a good matchup, as you alluded to. Um, it was a good matchup up in Michigan State just last week, so we're expecting a good game. It's also a whiteout. It's our T-shirt game, so we ask that everyone wears white. And when you get to your seat, please put on the shirt that is at your seat. Are you allowed to wear it after Labor Day? Are you allowed to wear white? Intern Alley, what's the what's the fashion code on that? Is that a, is that acceptable still? You know, that, that's a personal call, man. <laughs> I, I can't give you an exact answer there. <laughs> all right, all right. And then wrestling is also uh, back at home at 4 o'clock, so you can go right on over there. Um, and uh, that's a free admission, too, for that, right, Scott? And they're taking on IU, so they need your help uh, to make Holloway a uh, nice, loud environment, make it uncomfortable for the Hoosiers. Yeah, you, you got it. Uh, 4 p.m. against IU. We're continuing on with the T-shirt theme. We'll be giving away T-shirts there as well. So um, admission is free, so if you're at the men's game, you know, feel free to stop on into Holloway after. If you're not at the men's game, um, you can still come on over. We'll have parking for you, so... You know, Sunday will be a great day to support uh, Purdue. And basically, don't even bother doing laundry. You can pick up two T-shirts. How great would that be? Yeah, that's uh, pretty Sunday. good. That's... Yeah, that'll get you to Tuesday already. Look at that. You're procrastinating. You're doing a great job of it. Uh, that'll uh, that'll take you all the way through January. That's the last events for January until men's basketball gets back here uh, next Wednesday, the first against Penn State. Guys, uh, I, I hope you're enjoying a little bit of downtime here. It's been so busy lately. It's kind of, probably kind of nice to get a little breather in, isn't it? 
Yeah, you know, it is a little bit of a slower week, but we're just always, you know, prepping for the next events and prepping for the spring. We got, you know, a little bit of crossover coming up, so always up to something over here. All right, so if people want to pick up uh, tickets or if they want to check schedules or any of that stuff, where can they do that at? PurdueSports.com. It's so simple and easy. Guys, always a pleasure talking with you and say boiler up and uh, we'll see you again next week. Boiler up. All right, thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Um, Let's jump in the NFL here real quick. Uh, Still no word on a head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Do they need to hurry? Uh, No. Uh, D'Amico Ryans canceled his interview last week. Uh, I'm sure they got to get that back on the schedule. Uh, That would be great, but I I think they want somebody offensive. Uh, There was a big shift, though, in the uh, NFL here today. Uh, Bill O'Brien, who was once thought to be a target for Purdue's head coaching job, uh, has left as offensive coordinator for Alabama. He's going to go back to the Patriots to be offensive coordinator to try to help out Mac. You know, he's got a history with him. And see if they can make that thing work up in New England. There's also this, which has kind of come out a little bit later this afternoon. Is that the Packers are willing to trade... Aaron Rodgers. But, here's the caveat. Only to an AFC team. Oh boy. I don't know that it's necessarily a good idea to limit that right out the bat. I mean, you're you're eliminating half of the NFL right there to begin with. But what you want to try to do here is is entice some of these teams that are thinking about trading up to get a new quarterback in the draft. And you're saying, hey, listen, the capital that you could be spending to move up into the draft, instead of doing that, taking an unproven young player, you could have the former MVP. That's interesting. Now, when you look at who is going to want to make that jump up there, anybody that would possibly trade, look who needs the quarterbacks right now early in the first round. It's Houston, AFC. I'm assuming the Cardinals are running it back with Kyler, right? Uh, Then you've got the Colts at four. Seattle, maybe at five. Detroit, eh, maybe, but probably not. The Raiders, possibly in the mix at seven for a quarterback. So here I am, most of the teams that would want a quarterback there in those first ten that may have to jockey and move and give up some draft capital to get somebody that they want, AFC teams. Not great news for the Bears that they would dangle him out there because you want, if you're Chicago, you want these teams not thinking about old Aaron Rodgers. You want them thinking about the new young quarterback that's going to lead them for the next 15 seasons. And to get them, you got to come on down here and give us what we want, and you will get your pick of the litter. You do not want any competition 
was bad enough when CJ decided he was going to go uh, and enter the draft. You were hoping that didn't happen because that shrunk the pool of good quarterbacks. And it probably would have made a team like Indianapolis have to make a move to protect their pick. And nobody would come down and leapfrog them. It would have been great for the Bears. But having that little wrinkle here today, that announcement, uh, does not help them. Aaron Rodgers tried to tamp that down, saying it's all conjecture until I decide what I want to do. So, translation, they can go make a deal. I ha- I just may retire. Gronk did this, remember? And Gronk told that story about he was going to get traded to the Lions, and then he heard about that. He's like, well, that's news to me because I'm retiring. And then it got pulled off the table, didn't happen, and then he came back and played and stayed in New England. That's how he stayed there. Rodgers could just as easily do that if he's going to get traded to an AFC team that he does not want to be a part of. I assume he still wants to play football. I would think a guy that competes like him, going through the season that they did, I don't think he wants to go out like that. And if you're the Colts, again, you're giving up all that draft capital for a Band-Aid again. Have you learned your lesson? Admittedly, this is a much better Band-Aid than what you've gotten into the last couple of seasons. But boy, this one's really going to cost you, and it's really going to cost your future. I just think you steer clear. We got a break. Don't go anywhere. We'll come back with the things we missed and more next. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. Hammer Down Shows on 1017 The Hammer coming up tomorrow. Uh, we'll have the folks from Delphi Bracketology on here. Uh, only one team in the Big Ten is ranked, but uh, we still seem to think a multiple amounts of Big Ten teams are making the tournament. How? Who is the most on the bubble? And how many do they think is actually going to get in? I don't, we'll, we'll talk with them. That is tomorrow, provided that uh, we all don't get snowed in. So very excited for that. Uh, Delphi Bracketology tomorrow. Thursday, we'll give you your chance to win your way in to Purdue and Penn State uh, on that uh, first game in February. So uh, a lot of stuff here through the rest of the week. Kyle's going to fill in for me on Friday. I'll be uh, out, unfortunately, but Kyle will fill in for me on Friday. So we still got a great rest of the week here. Uh, before we go here, the things that uh, we may have missed. Last week, I-, I ranted on, much like a lot of you on Twitter, who saw the video of those uh, was like eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds playing basketball. They had their own you know, mixtape, and you saw a lot of kids doing the taunting. You know, you're small and flexing and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think a lot of us uh, slightly older people were not exactly thrilled to see that. Uh, I did see Kevin Durant cheer them on saying that's cool because we all imitated um, our favorite players when uh, we were younger. And I got to thinking about that comment here a little bit today uh, based on what I've seen going on online with Stefan Diggs and then Eli Apple with him as well. I, I like, you know, most kids absolutely thought about that. I mean, who didn't play baseball out back? Think about climbing the wall like a Bo Jackson. And for me, it was Andy Van Slyke. Hockey. I, I mean, I tried to do a lot of the Mario Lemieux moves. A couple of fakes in the backhand. I think the difference thing here is, though, that that I picked up on was when I was in my youth, it came up in the 80s and stuff, 
you couldn't do this kind of taunting and stuff in the NBA. You didn't get to do all the flexing. You you weren't allowed to touch down dances and stuff. No grittying uh, back in the 90s. Remember, they didn't allow this kind of stuff. Now it's it's kind of prevalent, and the kids are catching on to it. And, you know, Kevin's absolutely right. Yeah, we wanted to be like uh, our favorite players. Now you're seeing it step into actual league settings. This is one thing when you're out back and you're shooting hoops with your buddies, you're playing football out back. It's one thing. But when you're in the organized form of it, I, I start to wonder here, do they realize that the kids watch? Stephon Diggs is taking a lot of heat here because he just straight pieced out of the game uh, after they lost. Says, listen, I'm not okay with losing. Nah, it's easy to criticize my reaction more than the result. You want me to be okay with losing? Nah. It's not that I don't think you're okay with losing. I don't think that. I think you're being a bad teammate. I think there's just this little bit of decorum that should be expected uh, from athletes in, in, in general. I, so much of this behavior, we did this with the um, with the taunting rules. Remember when they first instigated the taunting rules last year? You couldn't stare down guys, couldn't flex in front of them and stuff. Those were flags. Everybody says uh, things are getting soft. I, I don't think that's too much to ask to have a little bit of respect for your teammates and your opponents. I don't think it's too much to ask. Do you? The same with Eli Apple doing a lot of the trolling here over Diggs. Apparently it's not enough to go to the AFC Championship game. That you gotta continue to 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 make fun of guys in the same profession. I just I don't get it. And I know the kids watch it and then the kids think it's cool to do that kind of stuff. And it's one thing when you're a grown adult and you're getting paid to do this kind of stuff professionally. But do we really need to see the young kids start to do this kind of stuff too? Should they really be acting like you? They should be learning the fundamentals of the game. They should be learning how to be good teammates. I don't see a whole lot of that happening in some of these conversations we're seeing out of our professional athletes lately. And to be honest with you, as a former kid, it's disappointing. It just is. That's going to do it for us on the show here. We'll see you back here tomorrow, 3 o'clock.